Hi, Ace. Good to talk to you again. <laughs> yes, it is great to be back with you. <laughs> so um, for everyone who isn't familiar with uh, everything that you're currently involved in, uh, could you please give us like a short description of uh, what you do and so on and so forth, Ace? Yeah, so uh, a lot of what I focus on is uh, private equity. And, you know, I got into this whole space 19 years ago uh, when I was in college and I found out that there was a business that wanted to, to sell. And um, I was just a customer of the business. I felt like, hey, like I'd, I'd be interested in buying this business. And um, I ended up reaching out and uh, they financed part of it and I figured out how to finance the rest of it. And what uh, it was, a, the, the whole transition in my way of thinking was uh, just, wow, I had no idea that you could buy income. You know, mm -hmm. everybody focuses on <laughs> either going out building and, a business. And yeah. Working either working a job for income or. Yeah, that's right. Starting a business for and eventually getting income. And so um, the, the big paradigm shift for me was, wow, like the same way that I went out and I, I couldn't afford the education that I was in at that point. But uh, I went out and borrowed the money to be able to pay for my education the same way I couldn't pay for a car. You know, when I was younger, I could go out and, and borrow the money to pay for that car. Same thing with a house. But none of us think, OK, like I want this amount of income in the same way you can buy. You wouldn't build the, the car from scratch. You wouldn't build a house from scratch. <laughs> you know, you should go out and, and buy the income that's already been made. Cool. So um, I think like uh, nowadays, so, so many people are talking about like uh, buying, for instance, investing in real estate and, um, and, and, and those kind of assets. But I think it's like, especially for young people that are listening to this, um, it's super interesting to um, hear from an expert like you are um, a little bit more about like buying online businesses and so on yeah. and so forth. So um, what do you think? Um, what would be like the first or the most important lessons you would give to mm. someone or teach someone um, that that is interested in uh, everything that you are currently doing? The the number one thing that took me a while to learn was the the idea that business is still risky. You know, I'm not a a, a big fan of of necessarily putting so much uh, time and, and a lot of money into starting a business from scratch because it's so risky. But even when you buy a business that's generating income, that business, uh, is it gets an amazing return and we're able to buy them at very low prices. But the reason we're able to get such good deals is because there is risk there. And the only way to protect yourself is one of the biggest mistakes that every entrepreneur is making and it's by not having all your eggs in a single basket. Mm. And, uh, you know, most entrepreneurs that that's where they're they're sitting. And, um, you know, they, they poured their heart, their soul and, and their money uh, and time and energy into <laughs> a business. And now they they uh, are all in this one uh, basket. And when something happens with that, um, things, you know, get really bad. There was an article that came out today uh, from Yahoo Finance that says that there are 500,000 
fewer millionaires today uh, because of COVID and uh, what's going on. I know that. Yeah, so half a million fewer millionaires. And a lot of the reason is that most of those most of those are entrepreneurs and most of those people did exactly what I'm talking about, where they put all their 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 heart, their soul, their money, their time and their energy into one basket. And, you know, when that when something goes wrong, uh, it, they are automatically going. So the thing that I uh, realized really uh, 10 years ago as I was counseling and helping people, it's like, OK, even at this point, you're going to buy a business. It's less risky. It's going to be generating income uh, day one. But you should already be looking for your next deal and, mm-hmm. you know, building this portfolio. And and then, you know, every, the way that I got into this wasn't being trained. And so everything has been learned by experience. And so I realized, oh, the proper way to uh, encapsulate that is in a private equity fund. And so now we've really shifted things where the first thing you should be doing is starting a private equity fund and then building this uh, diversified portfolio. Why are you a believer in uh, private equity funds? Could you please also unpack that for us? Yeah, yeah. So when you're buying uh, several businesses, the idea is that you want to have uh, a lot of different businesses, and the the my mantra for for clients is is you always want to be diversifying in all ways, and so you know that may mean okay, I want a, a couple businesses that are in the U.S., but I don't want all my businesses just in one country. I want some businesses in some other countries. Uh, uh, I may have some offline businesses, but I also want some internet-based businesses. Mm-hmm. I may have some asset heavy business, but I also have some businesses that are just IP and no assets. And so you're creating this diversified portfolio. And that's what I got to see. I mean, I've got a hotel that's in Colombia and that deal is not making money right now. But then I have a business that sells uh, bathroom supplies and toilets and, and all of that and bidets in particular. And that business is about 300% of, of what it was. And, and so when you've got that diversified portfolio, that's um, what, what can help. But if I was the entrepreneur that felt like, okay, I'm going to go all in and, you know, we have another business that's in the travel space and, and this is going to be my passion and that's all I'm going to do, then income would literally be zero right now. Uh, so the idea is, is the diversification, but if you're going to have that in, in the U S and this is particularly in the U S and a lot of other countries, um, the, the, the tax system and the government has basically said, we want in most countries say we want investment into our country. And so they give you a lot of favorable uh, things if you're somebody that's bringing in or to, that's investing into the country. And so the government basically says, hey, like we're going to give you tax benefits. We're going to we're going to protect your liability. We're going to do mm. all these things to make this easier for you to do. So when you create this private equity fund, you come under that and you're basically saying, hey, I'm one of those people, government, that you basically raise your hand like, hey, I'm one of the people you like because I'm going to raise capital and then I'm going to invest. And so even if you're just investing your own capital, you should be in one of those structures. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, you know, now, you know, again, it's learning through experience. But now, you know, when we're starting this whole journey, the first thing is, OK, we want to create create a fund, the deals that you do. Um, you're, you're, you want to put them in the fund and, you know, the, there are other parts of that and, and I'll just name one and, and we can go deeper into this if, if you're interested. But the other thing is you're building this track record that then attracts more capital to you. So even if you're somebody that is only going to do one single deal and you think, hey, I don't know if I'm going to diversify or not, but maybe in the future I'll do something. <laughs> but you create this structure. Um, people are going to take you more seriously because you, you're you you're representing a private equity fund. You're not just uh, representing Hardy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <got laughs> Which is really cool, but, you know, that's it. But you're, you're building this track record within a fund. So you do that deal and you're making money. And even if you take all that money out for yourself, that is uh, returns now in a fund so that when you go and you do want to do that next deal, you're able to raise capital more easily. Financial institutions are a lot more interested in, in working with you. Uh, people that uh, are, are maybe partners and joint ventures and all those things. And so you just have all of these uh, additional opportunities uh, when you create it and, and do those deals in the, in the fund structure. So um, before we get deeper into your, uh, into the whole thing about like um, having a fund and you managing a fund and um, could you please Ace, share with us like uh, like for instance if someone is listening to this right now and he's like a twenty something guy and um, he has like a side hustle and he he's making like a few grand a month like he isn't rich yet so um, so do you think? it makes sense for them to even think about investing their money when they aren't at the six or seven figure mark per year yet? Uh, so no matter what, you're going to be investing something. You're either investing your time, you're investing your energy, or you're investing your money. If you don't have one of those, then you've got to make it up with the other two. So um, the, the, the cool thing, and I'll talk about an interesting deal that one client did, the cool thing in this space is, and that's why I say, even if it's more about the structure than saying you've got a bunch of money, you want to do whatever work you're going to do within this structure. Um, you know, I, I have a, a client who just negotiated a, a deal um, a, with a, a company in the, in the water uh, filtration space. They basically sold water filters. And they sold it and, and um, really just had a website, sold a few. It was a great business. And my, uh, the guy was old and didn't want to do it anymore. And my client was able to get it with no money down. Well, in that business, what he did was uh, he got the inventory. The guy was like, hey, you know, I'm going to give you the inventory. You just take over everything. And this is something that in the environment, which is one of the reasons I was excited to come back and, and talk to you again, but in the environment we're in right now, there are going to be a lot of people that just say, hey, I'm walking away from my business. I don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come in, take the assets, do what you want with them, I'm, I'm out. And that was the case. And in, in, in it's like, I, 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 you know, I put so much time and energy into this. I'm, I'm over it. So he put the products on Amazon. The business is doing a lot better. But 
uh, you know, if that would have just been, it, it'd be a great income for him uh, outside of the fund and all that. But now the ROI on that, if you measure the ROI on a deal like that, there's essentially no money down. He is paying the guy over time out of the income of the business. Uh, but the upfront capital was literally zero. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, I, 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 he's the perfect example. And I do have some other examples where people have gotten lucky and, and something happens uh, a little bit quicker, but he worked for maybe a year and, and did get one uh, smaller deal, but then found this deal, which is a life-changing deal. Uh, so, it, it's you know that, that time and energy when I'm when I'm talking about time I'm not saying time in the sense of eight hours a day I'm saying time is in patience almost would be a better way to put it uh, where you're putting in that those daily those daily hours and and working and working and find the deal and negotiating da 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 and you're putting in time in terms of months and years. Uh, into into making something happen when you don't have the money. So short answer is absolutely yes. Like if, if they, that it's even more crucial if they are that person that doesn't have much money to to put it into the put the time and energy into the right thing. And for instance, if this guy who is listening to this right now and he is in his early twenties and um, he he wants to invest his money, um, like. What is the thought process of um, how to invest and how not to invest? Like, um, how, how does the due diligence process look like if he's looking into funds or maybe into creating his own fund or um, he's uh, researching and which kind of um, assets he should invest in? Like, share with us your framework about like thinking um, uh, about how, like how to invest. If this makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so, you know, if, if you don't have much money, then you, you got to get really focused on the where, where you are investing your, your time and energy. Um, unfortunately, right now we have a ton of distractions. And so, you know, it's it's pulling away from those uh, sources of dopamine like social media and, and all of that and starting to do things that don't generate a lot of dopamine. And, you know, in my space, that is uh, contacting potential businesses that you may be interested in buying, uh, talking to those sellers. Most of the time, the sellers are going to say, hey, I'm not interested. Why are you calling me? Who is this? Blah, blah, blah. Dealing with <laughs> dealing with rejection. You know, we're talking literally the opposite of dopamine. It's like, ah, I could look at some hot girls on Instagram or I can deal with rejection from business owners. <laughs> it's not a lot of fun. Yeah. But that's the really important investment. Um, now, if you've got a ton of money, then you can go out and just find a really great deal, put down a down payment, buy that business, uh, which is, you know, I, I have plenty of clients that, that do that. The biggest downside, though, is I do think that there's a skill set that's gained uh, when you go through that work, when, you, when you're dealing with trying to figure out uh, how to convince that seller to do the deal that you need them to do in order to buy the business. That's probably mm -hmm. one of the one of the biggest uh, missed opportunities from the person that does have uh, a lot of cash because that's it's a superpower, you know, to be able to yeah. land in a city and uh, find a, the right business and 
the the toughest thing is it only comes from uh, experience. It's like art or something like that. Uh, you know, even for the person that doesn't go through the experience, it'd be like reading a book about art and and then trying <laughs> to actually do it. So, so I, I like what you're saying. So basically what you're trying to say is that, hey, um, if you put in the hours, you will gain a valuable skill set at the end of it. And I think um, like I was just thinking about like, hey, I've been in business for five years now and um, I've learned so, so much. Like um, I think a lot of guys that get early into business, they have so many uh, hypotheses and they think, OK, if I do this and this will work and um, they will <laughs> they will quickly find out that um, the market uh, sometimes says a totally different thing. And um, it's rejecting a lot of ideas that you probably have and that you're trying to sell. And um, I think um, so for someone who is listening to this, you would say that um, at the end of the day, if you really spend your time into uh, learning about investing, um, it will pay off. Yeah, I, I, it, it's uh, one of those things. And I'd love to hear even from your perspective in your business, what you feel like the uh, what, what the, the top couple of skills that you've learned are, because I think in every business, that's where you want to focus. And I, when we say investing, I think most people think, okay, I have money, I go put it into something. And if it were that simple, then there'd be a lot more rich people. <laughs> and so yeah. what, what people don't focus on is the skill part. Everybody focuses on the money part. Investing is a, is a money thing. And nobody focuses on, on the, the skill part. I was talking to a cousin of mine who... Um, you know, for a few years, it's been talking about, okay, I want to invest in real estate, you know, I'm going to save up this amount of money, and then I'm going to mm -hmm. invest. And uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. But, you know, what books are you reading? And mm -hmm. she was like, well, you know, like, I'm, I'm gonna do that. Once I have, I don't have the money. So what's the point of me going through all that? And I'm like, that that's, that's crucial. So you want to get the skills first. And, and that's, you want to pick out like, okay, uh, for, for some people, they're going to resonate a lot with marketing and, and understanding that skill set. For other people, they want to really, you know, do in, investing and understand that skill set. But you may not have the marketing to, you may have the money to invest in marketing, but you want to have the skill set before you have the money. You may not have the money to invest, but you want to have the skill set before you have the money. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, in, in your business, what have you found? So, 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 like my my biggest business lesson by far, by by far, is um, it's all about experimentation at the end of the day. I think, um, yeah, I think um, you learn the most by actually being in the trenches and selling and trying a lot of different things. And um, I think um, reading, there's a time and place for reading books. There's a time and place for listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos. But I think what I found out is that a lot of advice that we are getting from gurus or experts um, might be white in their specific scenario but uh, completely wrong in your context. And um, I, I received so much advice and 
like most of it turned out to be completely false. And <laughs> so um, the most important lessons that I've learned the hard way is it's all about experimentation. Like you can dream up about like having a great idea and everyone is going to buy this. And um, yeah, and, and, and sometimes it works, uh, often it doesn't. So um, yeah, I think experimentation is really, really important. And um, the faster you experiment and the faster you try things, I think the quicker you will learn. Yeah, I, it's it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I, I was just having this conversation uh, with a, with a buddy of mine, and you know, one of the things that's funny to me is uh, some of the most popular things on YouTube and most popular podcasts are going to be uh, because it's cool stuff to listen to. And, you know, when you are, are getting an MBA or you're studying like real marketing behind the scenes and understanding how Facebook marketing platform it te technically works, there's nothing cool about that. There's nothing <laughs> fun about yeah. that. There's nothing <laughs> excited. And if somebody did a screen share of like the real knowledge, then it would be very boring. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the same thing with like, uh, you know, just just uh, anything, you know, the stuff that I talk about. It's like if somebody did, you know, with, when you're getting into the popular uh, stuff, it is meant to be popular and yeah. it's not going to be boring because I, that would, wouldn't be popular. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point. Like, um, I also think that um what another lesson that i learned is um a lot of people think that if we would if you would speak for instance like you are very very talented in investing and all those uh, private equity and all those different things um i think a lot of people believe that if you would teach them or for instance i would speak about marketing all day every day that they could have the exact same skill set that i have and i don't really buy into that because i think um, at the end of the day what you're doing is an art form and what i'm doing is also an art form like for instance picasso couldn't teach me how to be the greatest painter in the world michael jackson couldn't teach me how to be the greatest singer and dancer in the world i think um a lot of people don't want to hear this but i i think um there's a lot of talent involved in those domains writing podcasting youtube broadcasting, investing, marketing, and all those different areas. I think a lot of people think it's like two plus two is four, and I don't think that. Yeah, and each one of those are totally different. You know, even when we yeah. say marketing, marketing could be paid ads on, on <laughs> yeah, which is exactly. totally different from YouTube. You know, it could be podcasting. It could be SEO. It's like each one of those is this, is this wholly sure. separate thing. And even for me, you know, so I, I can't do day trading. That's not that's <laughs> me neither. Separate thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, could you please share with us? And what I would also would love to hear from you, uh, Ace, is um, when you are now investing into online businesses, like share with us your thought process. So um, 
I think you you probably have like a great track record, else you wouldn't be speaking here right now. So um, <laughs> could you please could you please uh, share with us your thought process of um, yeah making great investments? Yeah, when, when we're looking at the deals that we're buying, um, there there's a lot of things that we look at, but you know I'll, I'll talk about the top three. One of them is longevity. You know we want something that's been around. For a long time. Now, if I'm if I were doing an offline business, that long time might be 20 plus years. The average uh, time frame of the offline businesses that I've bought is probably about 25 years. You know, I bought uh, most recent. The most recent I bought one I bought is like 38 years old. Um, had several spas that were on the lower end of 20 years. So it might even be average. May even be close to 30. Now, obviously, the internet is a little bit younger or a lot younger, mm-hmm. and so we don't expect for any of those businesses. And we we did do a deal on an internet business that was 14 years old, uh, but that's very very rare. So I'm happy for an an online business if it's at least about 18 months. That's the at goal. Least. At least. Um, I don't really look what at What do you mean by that? Like 18 months old or? 18 months old. Yeah, one, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 18 months old. Uh, so Because else, um, if it's making a lot of money for six months, like shit can happen in, in, in exactly. a few weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we have a little bit of longevity there. Uh, and ideally, it's much longer. It's more that I just won't even look at anything that's less than a year and a half old. Okay, okay. Uh, but, you know, ideally three, four years is kind of the goal. So we want to see that. And then we want to see, con- you know, second thing would be consistency. And and, 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 and and any area and any kind of online businesses or are you ruling certain kind of online businesses out because um, you had bad experience with them or you think they might be too risky? Yeah. So personally, uh, one of the businesses that I stay away from as far as just business type is drop shipping. Uh, but Why? I, 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 a lot of young guys are sad now. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Um, so the, the key there is I want, I personally, I want a business that has uh, what Warren Buffett calls a moat around it. That means it's very difficult for other competitors to enter the space and compete with me. Uh, with drop shipping, that becomes really difficult because the product that you're selling isn't a product that is proprietary to you. Um, you know, even if you're branding it, it's not a real brand because it's just coming off of a conveyor belt and somebody else can just slightly change the brand and put put their brand on the exact same thing. Uh, but most drop shippers aren't even branding. And you have uh, no... Uh, control over the customer experience. So, you know, when that's shipped from the manufacturer, it's going directly to the customer. Whatever they get is what they get. Um, and I get, I, I, I see drop shipping as a really, really awesome hustle, which is great. You know, it's a great way to generate uh, some some income. But when I'm looking at a private equity fund and, and I want a business that has longevity and uh, that does have that moat, uh, drop shipping becomes tougher. Now, there's a, a, a different case for everything. I have a client who is doing some really cool deals in the drop shipping uh, space, 
and uh, doing some some rebranding, adding some proprietary uh, products, and and it's uh, what what she's up to is very exciting. So uh, you know, for every hard and fast rule, there's always kind of that. Uh, you know, in this case, it, it makes mm. a, a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that you are mentioning this because um, this is also another big lesson I think for everyone who is uh, listening to this. I think a lot of gurus um, are saying certain rules, and often there's an exception for that. So I think they are like insurance uh, companies, like um, they 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 t give you a set of rules, and there's then there's always an exception to that. Exactly. So I, I really. <laughs> so um could you please share it us like okay w w w it should be at least 18 months old that's really important it should have like a bit of longevity but what are the other criteria that you are looking at yeah so the the next thing is consistency we want consistency mm -hmm. in the earnings and this doesn't mean that it's making the same amount every every month but this also goes back to a one um, because we need some time to be able to see, you know, in some cases you have some businesses that may have seasonality and in a business that has some seasonality, that business isn't, uh, you know, going to make the same amount of money every month. But if we've got three years of history, we can see, mm -hmm. oh, during Christmas time, it goes up to this and then it goes down. What uh, kind know. of businesses are usually having seasonality, like, for example? Mm -hmm. uh, so, for, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, we, we had a, uh, a traveling business that, that I mentioned a, a little while ago. The biggest months for that business are going to be from about April, late April till about early September. Okay. And right. so it's going to do really well during those months. Now, if that business... Uh, after, you know, if it started in April and now it's trying to sell in December, somebody looking at that <laughs> trend would say, oh, wow, like, yeah, you were doing good, but now it's on this massive downtrend. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, what we're able to see after three years, like, okay, there is consistency there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we want to see that long-term consistency. The, the third thing that's important for us is, you know, now we have a portfolio of over 40 businesses. And so each um, acquisition that we're making now is focused around uh, strategically leveraging the assets, IP, uh, customer base, or, or whatever of another business that's in the portfolio. So um, let's let's take the travel scenario. You know, if we have a a online business like Open Rooms. Uh, dot com and it's got uh, literally does have about a million emails in it and you know we, we look at another business uh, like, like a flight business and it's got half a million emails in it what we're able to do in that scenario is cross promote to grow both of those businesses so now instead of getting a business and uh, paying, you know, a three multiple, we can talk about multiples, what that means, but let's say we're paying a three multiple for those businesses and we can double both of them by just doing a cross promotion. Now we've only paid one and a half times earnings. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, what, um, so could you please share with us? So, 
Um, the longevity is really important. Um, the consistency is really important. And um, what are a few strategic. other strategic? Um, and, 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 and what else? Because this sounds way too easy so far, yeah. I would say. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, Like when, with internet businesses, uh, a big part of it is what's the traffic source. Mm. Uh, so, you know, we've looked at, man, over the years, maybe 10,000 businesses. And every once in a while, you still big come number. up with, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot uh, of work. Yeah, it's a lot of deals. Uh, but every once in a while, you come across that business that has a... Uh, unique traffic source. Uh, I'm a big fan right now of Pinterest as a traffic source because it just stays very, very consistent. Um, it, it works really well, but you've got to be aware of the trends. You know, if, if you bought a business that uh, was generating traffic from Periscope, I don't even know if you were you you remember Periscope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a guy where I'm watching like every once in the blue moon his Periscope. His name is Scott Adams. He's like uh, a cartoonist, Dilbert. Do you know okay. the cartoon in America? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very Absolutely. popular. Yeah, and he's a bright guy. So sometimes <laughs> I'm watching his Periscope like every That's once in the blue moon. But yeah. yeah, I think Periscope is dead, probably it's right. Dead. It's dead. <laughs> it's dead. It's dead, but it. it was a huge migration. Vine would be a more recent example. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you've got to be aware that some things are trends, they're going to come, they're going to go away. So that's one part of, of traffic. The other part of traffic is diversification of the sources. So, you know, you want to make sure that the source is, is going to be reliable and not just some fad. But the, the second part is the, the uh, diversification. So, I don't want it to, you know, even if I'm buying a deal. What are like, like, sorry to interrupt, but what are like um, risky, whiskey, whiskey traffic sources? And please continue with your train of thought. Yeah, yeah. So that would, you know, like that's, you're kind of projecting. So the the tough thing is you don't necessarily know what the risky traffic source is until it's gone. And so you're, you're mm. trying to you know, look at it and figure out, oh, okay, well, I, I don't feel like this has uh, legs, it's not going to be around. But, you know, who knows? The, I mean, the, the verdict... Facebook ads, I, do you think it's risky? Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it depends. Yeah. So it's the, the attorney answer for everything, it depends. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll talk about... Uh, it's always Facebook. a good answer, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I talk about Facebook in a sec, but I, I, I'll ask you, like, what's your verdict? What are your thoughts on TikTok? Do you think TikTok? it's going to have longevity? blowing up. This is, I think this has so much longevity. Like, I know all the girls, like, in their early 20s, they're, like, dancing there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and all the kids as well. So uh, it, it, it gets a ton of traffic right now, I think. I think a lot of people in the U.S. are also using it, right? Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. So those but, are but I've heard I've heard that um I, I to be honest I don't have like personal experience or clients that are big on TikTok or something but I've heard from uh, one girl or one woman that I had on the show her name is uh, Shira Lazar and um, she has like a big com uh, news company and it's called uh, oh I totally forgot it, I forgot the name but um she has like a million followers on TikTok or something and she wow. said it really converts 
are not good at all. Like, mm -hmm. she doesn't get a lot of website traffic from it and uh, traffic on her social media channels. And but, but I think like one case probably isn't yeah. like really. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's funny that you say that. So that that's the thing that I was gonna say. It's like you you have the um, the the fact of is it gonna be around? How effective mm. is it going to be? Um, and, and like actually converting to, to customers and yeah. how com competitive is it going to get, uh, as far as, uh, you know, we saw what happened with, uh, organic traffic in Facebook mm, and, and, and everybody went to Instagram. Then mm. we saw what organic traffic, what happened with organic traffic in Instagram and, <laughs> and you know, now TikTok is blowing up. So part of it is the fad. But then the other part is almost the, the business strategy. Um, and I mean, very quickly, a million person. I have some some groups in a company that we bought uh, that that experienced this on on Facebook. That was a big source of the traffic was just the organic group and has about half a million uh, people in the group. But basically now in order to reach the people that said, hey, I want this stuff. I want you to be able to put it on my screen. And, uh, you know, like that's why I'm joining this and I can leave your group if I no longer want to get that stuff. But now Facebook is basically saying, oh, all of those people that you did all that work to get into a group and say and, and put their their thumbs up and approve for you to show stuff to them, you've now got to pay to show stuff mm. to them. And it's like, yeah. I could have just done that without the work. <laughs> and why, and why would I do any work to, to get this group? <laughs> I've got to pay to reach them anyway. Yeah. And um, after hearing you speak for like 30, 40 minutes right now, like, I think, like, I, I'm no expert in investing by any means. Like, I have no clue about investing. But um. For me, it sounds like you would want to invest in something that has a really strong brand where a lot of people organically click on the website. Or it, because I, for me, it sounds like very safe. But but I have no clue about investing, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a big part of it. That's that's one of the reasons that drop shipping isn't exciting to me as an investor mm, is because there there, there, there's no reason for that person to have a connection to that brand. They can click to the yeah. next one, drop shipper and get the exact same product from that mm -hmm. one. Um, so yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And it just, it goes on and on forever about all the little things, but it, outside of a brand, it could be uh, uh, the massive database of customers, you know, that becomes mm. this asset where it not a massive following on Instagram, not a massive following on Facebook or TikTok, but actual emails um, or phone numbers for text. Having that, that is uh, uh, another thing that um, maybe the brand isn't that great, but they've got this huge database that is is valuable. Uh, as well. I want to go back because you asked the thing about Facebook marketing. Um, you know, one of the things there that is I'm not a big fan of, and I think people have to be aware is if you if you're doing Facebook marketing and I'm investing, I'm going to buy the business. And one day somebody else starts selling a similar product. The downside to Facebook over like Google traffic 
is that person can very easily that day that they start, if they have the budget, pay for the same ads that I'm paying for, or at least start building, start a bidding war. And uh, now I'm either paying more for the ads mm-hmm. or that person is taking my my traffic and get the same number of people. So that's Good something point. to be uh, aware of is uh, no matter how much you love uh, Facebook uh, and maybe loyal to it, they have no loyalty back. Their, their loyalty is to the highest bidder. So you just want to be aware of that. I, I love the, the traffic, but I want that to be a piece of, you know, maybe they've got some Facebook traffic, they've got some Google traffic, they may have some Twitter, you know, it's like building that uh, diversification. And um, when you're investing in a business, are you um, just looking at, okay, um, what the business is earning now? Or did you invest in businesses um, that had like negative cash flow and you thought they had a lot of potential or do you do you do you think there isn't a time and space for that in uh investing so go ahead yeah yeah so i i do i, I do have a very specific focus and i feel like it, especially if i'm investing my money i'm buying something very specific and what i'm buying is income so there has to be a, a net profit. I'm, I don't really care about, I'm not buying this because I think it's cool. I'm not buying this because it has <laughs> potential. You know, I'm literally saying, hey, like you've got this much income. I want I, the money. I want to buy that. I want to buy that income that you're generating. <laughs> Got it. And um, <laughs> and 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 what is your? I'm asking so many questions today, but I'm really interested. So, yeah. what is um, what is it um that what are like the uh, the 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 upsides and the downsides for someone who is listening to this and in investing in in a fund, or versus they doing their own research and their own due diligence and investing by themselves. Oh, the, the biggest downside is a lower return. So you're going to get a much lower return on a or you investing in on in a fund and instead of going out and doing it your, yourself. Um, the upside is that obviously you've got somebody that has some experience, um, you know, in the fund. You also get the benefit of some diversification. So if you can't go out and diversify yourself, now you can pool your money with other folks and and diversify with them. And thirdly, I like to um, include and and work with investors as closely as as they like. Uh, The other thing, we actually have a program where we partner with people and start a fund together so that they can see, you know, with a lot of stuff, you really only learn it through experience. So we start from zero to creating the fund to launching the fund and do that all together. Cool. And, um, you know, one that that's one of the things. But uh, I would say the third thing would be I would if you're somebody that's interested in doing deals on your on your own, it's more powerful to work with that an investor and say, I want to invest in your fund, but I'd love to follow along and hear your reasoning behind the deals that you're doing and see how you're growing the deals and you know those those kinds of things so that 
you you end up yeah you've invested money you get a return hopefully but regardless but you also you learn a few important experience. lessons exactly so um ace um could you please um tell everyone who's listening to this right now um where they can work with you and follow you on the social webs and so on and so forth and lastly yeah. please share with us like your best 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 advice on investing yeah um so i am on instagram you can find me at private.equity uh, I'm uh, also the website is acechapman.com and then I've got over 300 free lessons on YouTube. Uh, you can go there and search Ace Chapman. Now, I love this question because I think the timing right now is is um, for people that are trying that are just getting started. I would not be starting a business in uh, the times that we're in. Uh, what I want people to see uh, businesses as is basically these assets that somebody's already done the work. And it's, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the call. The same way that you wouldn't go out and build a car from scratch, that you're, whatever you're sitting and listening to this from, you know, 99.9% .9 of you did not build that structure um, you know, it's it's something that you went and you you bought because somebody else did that work. And we're in a time right now where there are a ton of people who are um, going to be walking away from assets and are going to be forced out of assets and uh, get creative about what you see as assets. In some cases, it could be the restaurant, you know, there's a restaurant in my hometown uh, that's been around for, man, over 30 years. And um, it's a, a great restaurant. And they, they decided, the owner decided, hey, that's it. We're going to close the doors. So uh, in some cases, it could be a brand just going to them and saying, hey, like, I know y'all aren't going to use this anymore. I'm going to give you 500 bucks. Just let me have the brand. This is this thing is very popular. You could just make T-shirts in my town and it'd be like this nostalgic thing of this uh, uh, this restaurant that used to be around uh, the customer database. I remember when I bought a spa that had been around for 20 years and I asked the, the lady about her database of customers. She had 14000 people in the database and I asked her, well, how, how often are you contacting them? And she's like, ah, oh, we don't really do that. I'm like, so what information has that? Well, we got address, we got emails on a bunch, we got phone numbers. I'm like, so you don't, you don't like email them or mail them or call them. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to bother them. So we, we've never, never done that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, with, with that business, I literally tripled it by sending an email. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there very, you go. Very, yeah, very, cool. very novel. So in a lot of these businesses, there are those kinds of assets where you don't even have to go in and buy the business. You can, you know, in that case, she felt like that was just nothing. Like she, it was literally worth zero to her because she had never used it. So imagine somebody like that shutting down a business. You're like, hey, you mind if I give you a hundred bucks? I'm wondering if I can get this, uh, end up getting from this uh, database and then you leverage that. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, Ace. Thank you so much for the episode and thank you so much for the time. I hope we'll do another one soon. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for, for the episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Have a great day.
Awesome, man. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, make sure to share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.